Will somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for sowing this morning. Isn't it wonderful to be in God's house this morning? How many of you are glad? Amen. Well, if you came sad, by the end of the service, you'll be glad. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start reading verses 13 to 14. I'm reading from the King James Version. When you get there, when you get there say, praise the Lord. All right, just hold your place there. Hallelujah. Well, grab somebody's hand next to you and then let's pray. <clears throat> you know, one of our daily confessions here at Faith Family Maui is, Father God, you have a plan for every service. And we pray that your perfect plan will be done in this service. What you want said will be said. What you want done will be done. And we pray that you be magnified and glorified in our services, Lord Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3. Verses 13 through 14, I'm reading this from the New King James Version. And it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I believe what Paul is saying, I'm not all that. I haven't arrived. How many of you have arrived in all that God has for you? Don't even raise your hand, right? But Paul is saying, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But the things that I've learned thus far, I'm applying it in my life. So I do not count myself have, having apprehended. Right? But one thing, everybody say one thing. So you say one thing. So we've got to focus on what that one thing he's talking about. I do Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things that are ahead. Verse 14, I press towards the goal. How many of you know there's opposition that is pressing against you when you're trying to obtain a goal or place in God? There will be opposition. If God ever told you to do something, right, the devil will oppose you in doing whatever he's telling you to do. So Paul says, I press, right? There's a resistance, so I'm pressing towards that goal, right? For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So this morning we're going to talk about, for the time that we have, I'm stretching for more. I'm stretching for more. That's what Pastor Carol talked about. It's time to step it up, right? So this morning we're going to talk about it. I'm stretching for more. Listen to the American Standard Translation of Philippians chapter 3, 13, 14. He says, Brethren, I count not myself yet laid hold, but, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind, right? Forgetting those things which are behind. What he's saying, forget the past, live in the now, the present, 
and stretching forward. Everybody say stretching forward, stretching forward. to the things which are before. I press on toward the goal unto the high prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody says, I'm, I'm stretching for more. I'm stretching for more. Yeah, yeah. I'm stretching for more. How many of you know the highest upward call of God, right, to you as a believer, to us as believers, is to love God? Right? Because he first loved us, right? And to serve him with all our heart, strength, mind, and soul. Because this whole thing, right, this whole thing is winding down. And Jesus is coming back soon for his bride, for his church. Amen? So the Apostle Paul says, one thing I do, <clears throat> one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind. What he's saying is forget the past. Forget the past mistakes, the misunderstandings, the, mis uh, the, the failures, the disappointments, the regrets, right? Some of us, we've had a lot, right? So he's saying forget, the, forget even the successes, the achievements, the accomplishments, the accolades, the highs and the lows of your life experiences. It was all bittersweet at times. Yes, we thank God for them. We celebrate them. We learn from them so we don't make the same mistakes from them. Right? But don't live in yesterday or yesteryear. We've been given our instructions and our marching orders from heaven headquarters, right? If you, you haven't got the prophetic word that we received from God, you, you need to read it. And the word from headquarters to, to move forward. Everybody say move forward. And focus on the prize. The prize is him. Amen. And listen, if we dwell and focus on the past, then guess what? You end up where you are in the past. John Maxwell said, you go wherever your thoughts go. Your thoughts, the way you think, whether it's positive or negative, will always determine your, de uh, determine your direction. Therefore, if we dwell and focus on the past, looking behind our backs, right? Then you think your best days are behind you. And what will happen is you miss the opportunities and the possibilities that God has in store for us in the present, here and now, 2024. As I said, you have to read the prophetic word that God gave to us. Yes. Notice what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Jesus says, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I know he's using an analogy of a farmer who's plowing, right? He's plowing. You never see a farmer plowing and looking behind. He's looking where he's going. Right? He's making his road straight. He's not looking behind because if you're looking behind, all your, your, all your roads are, is going to be all kapakai. It's going to be all crooked. Right? And you're going to go off somewhere. So la -la, to, into la-la land someplace. I remember when I first got saved uh, years and years ago. I don't know how long ago. But anyway, um, I would always, I, I worked in Kapalua, right? 
And, you know, I, uh, and I was thinking, you know, I have this drive to Kapalua, and um, man, um, I want to pray, right? Because I was raised in Catholic, right, that you close your eyes when you pray. <laughs> Religious, right? Yeah. I was still stuck with that. I was thinking, man, I, I want to pray, but... Uh, so there are many times I'm driving, so I close my eyes, and I pray, and, you know, miss the cars, right? And then the Holy Spirit says, why don't you open your eyes and pray? I said, really? He said, yeah, open your eyes and pray. And there was a revelation. Open my eyes and pray. I go, wow. But Jesus says, don't look back, right? In fact, the contemporary English translation says, Jesus answered, anyone who starts plowing and keeps looking back isn't worth a thing to God's kingdom. Remember when the angels told Lot and his family to leave Sodom and Gomorrah because he was going to destroy that city because of its wickedness? right? And God gave the angels instructions to tell them, when you guys leave, don't look back. Don't look back. There's nothing back there that you, I have for you. Look to your future, what I have for you. And as we know the story, you know, somebody looked back. And the individual turned into salt. God delivered the nation of Israel out of, out of the hands and the bondage of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. 430 years of bondage, right? Of being in bondage. And God delivered them through a man called Moses, right? And now they're free people. They're free. Free. Outside, but they were still in bondage in their hearts. Why? Because they kept looking behind New Egypt. When they got in a predicament, a dilemma, they always look back. Why did you take us out from Egypt? Remember all the, the cucumbers and the food that we had back there? They kept looking behind. See, the problem was God delivered them out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in their hearts. Yeah. So what was Jesus implying? That don't look back. What he was implying is God's kingdom is always about increase. God's kingdom is always about advancing. It's all about, it's not about looking back. It's about taking new territory. I think a couple of years the Lord says that God was restoring some territory that we had lost years ago. And God is restoring that. Amen. It's not about giving up or losing ground. It's about moving forward in the present future. It's not retrieving or backtracking or hiding. It's occupying and advancing God's kingdom until he comes. Amen? Amen? So church, we need to forget the past of what, what's behind, but look forward and move forward together. Yes? Amen. Listen, whether you believe it or not, we're at the last stretch, the last leg of this race. And there's a goal and a prize to be obtained. It's not the time to slow down. It's not the time to cruise and sit by the sidelines. Amen? But it's about time to stretch for more. Somebody say stretch. stretch. 
Stretch is defined to reach or to extend out to a greater length, to make tense or strain, to stretch a muscle or a tendon. Stretch means to spread out further and reach further. Now in the natural, when you stretch, how many of you know you're pushing yourself, right? You're going beyond the barriers and the boundaries. Have you ever stretched and strained yourself for something and it hurt? Because you were pushing the limits of your muscles. Amen. I remember I dropped the good pen that I had behind the couch, right? I didn't want to move the couch, so I looked underneath, got on my belly, and I saw the pen. And I stuck my hand underneath, and I, I, I could just feel it at the tip of my fingers, but I couldn't reach it. So I gave this extra oomph, right, to reach it. And I felt this strain right here, right? But I got it. I had to stretch for it to get it. Amen. Somebody say, stretch for more. Now, when you have to stretch for more, notice if you look around you in this world, right? Everything says, maybe in your life, everything says to slow down, settle down, hold on, hold back, play it safe, relax, just go with the flow. Don't rock the boat, don't stir up trouble. Don't say anything, just be a good Christian person. Just accept the status quo and accept it as the norm, right? Somebody say, I need to stretch. Stir up and wake up yourself as a warrior that you are. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you are a warrior in God. Believe and stretch for what you've never had. Believe God for the greater. Set your expectation for the bigger. Stretch out your faith for new opportunities, new doors, right? Stretching is letting heaven know that you are in agreement and in cooperation with heaven's agenda. Amen. Stretching is letting heaven know that you are in agreement and cooperating with heaven's agenda. Listen, the Bible says not all angels, ministering spirits, sent out by God to help and assist heirs of salvation, are you not an heir of salvation? Amen. A joint heir in Christ Jesus? Amen. Right? <coughs> so when your angels see you stretching and flexing your muscles, your spiritual muscles, they know that they, they, they know and they've been waiting. Everybody say waiting. waiting. It's about time to get their assignments to work with us. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, put your angels to work. Give them the faith command. There's a story that Pastor Nancy always shared, and we heard it from Dr. Dufresne many, many years ago, that they were, he, he was in a financial bind. He needed uh, X amount of thousands of dollars to pay uh, a portion of the church that were, they were purchasing. And he didn't have it. And God sent two angels, right? God sent two angels into uh, the, the, the church that he was in. They were standing there, and they were looking at him. And he looked at them. But he noticed that on their armor, there was dents. Like they were in a war, warfare, that they, had, they came to him. 
based on what he was praying. And they were looking at him, waiting for him. And he kept looking at them. It's like, you know, it was like, what's going on? And one of the angels says, we're waiting for the faith command. Amen. We're waiting for you to say the faith command so that we can go. And he said, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through and by Christ Jesus. Go now. And they went. In about a week, some stranger in a jogging suit knew about their church, disliked him. Showed up at his church and said, these two big guys showed up in my room and said to give you $100,000. Give you angels the faith command. Put them to work. Like Brother Jesse said, for this year, God told him, Put me to work, Jesse. It's time to stretch, church. How many of you ever heard the phrase, oil and water do not mix? Oil and water do not mix. Why? Because they're incompatible. Fill a glass with water, pour a cup of oil in it, you'll see immediately it separates, right? It literally repels from each other. Amen. You ever heard somebody say, boy, get those two together? They're like oil and water. They don't get along. <laughs> well, the truth is same with the word comfort and stretching. Comfort and stretching. They cannot coexist together. They're incompatible. They repel each other, just like oil and water. Now, when we talk about our comfort zone or comfort, right? It's those familiar, predictable places that we feel at ease. And secure in. We're in control. We're comfortable. Just a little dab will do you. Right? Little amount of scriptures here. Little amount of Bible verses there. We'll pray when it's convenient. When time allows it. But how many of you know if it's time, if it's only, the only time you pray is when you're in trouble. How many of you know then you're already in trouble? Yeah, you're already in trouble. Our comfort zones are places and things we practically can do blindfolded without any effort. Because you are in control of your outcomes, the comfort zones. But what happens when God calls you out from your comfort zone and into your stretch zone? Now you are in uncharted territory, right? In Matthew chapter 14, verse 30 to 33, 
You can look at it, but I'm just going to paraphrase it. It's, it's in the middle of the night. The disciples and Jesus had a long day. So Jesus tells the disciples to get on the boat and go to the other side and go home. And what he does is he goes up to the mountain to pray, right? It's interesting that the disciples never stop and say, Jesus, how are you going to get back? (laughs) Maybe catch another boat, I don't know. But we're going to find out how he got back, right? So while he's praying, right, he's praying to the Father. He sees his disciples in trouble. A storm arises and they're, they're in trouble because of the storm. And Jesus comes to the disciples. How? Walking on the water. Wow. He's walking on the water. The Son of God. Right? He comes to them walking on the water to help them. So that answers our question, how he is going to get home. Walk on the water. So these bold men of faith and power, they see him walking on the water. They say, hallelujah. No, they screamed. Like, it's a ghost, right? They screamed. This full-grown man, fisherman, screamed. It's a ghost. And the first thing Jesus says, do not fear. Because fear was present. And Peter, impulsive Peter, right? Says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you, right? So thinking that Jesus wouldn't say anything, Jesus says, come, right? Come. So now Peter is in a predicament. He has to make a choice, right? He has to make a a choice whether to stretch. Stretch and obey the spoken word of God. Jesus spoke a word to come. So he's in the boat. Now he has to make a choice. Do I get up? and stretch, and obey the word of the Lord, and come. Now listen. What do you think Jesus is doing? He's standing on the water, but he's waiting for Peter's response. What is he going to do? Based on what he said. Peter will either be known as the only other man to step out into uncharted areas, right, territory, a potential water walker. Right now, he's a potential water walker. He's not a full-time water walker. He's a potential. There's a potential that he can walk on the water based on what Jesus said. So he has to be stretched, just like you and I will be stretched, When God speaks the word to us, whether we'll obey that word or not.
Or he can stay in the boat with the other seat, seat warmers in his comfort zone. Amen? But praise the Lord, the book, we have the book, right? We have the story, right? Peter was stretched in his faith, just like you and I will be stretched. Peter walked on the water. Amen. In uncharted territory, obeying and heeding the word of God. How many of you know God is no respecter of persons? But he is a respecter of your faith. Amen. Because faith, now faith, everybody say now faith. Faith that is being exercised. Faith that is being used now pleases God. Because a lot of times we say faith pleases God. Yeah, okay. No, faith that is exercised. Faith that is activated. Faith that has been used is what pleases God. Faith is just faith if you're talking faith. But when you begin to exercise your faith, then that pleases Him. Amen? Somebody say, it's time to stretch. How many of you ever said this job, this new business, this ministry, this college course, being a parent is really stretching me? It's stretching my mind. It's stretching my patience. It's stretching me out of the norm. I feel like Gumby being stretched from my ease, from my comfort zone, out of my happy, safe place. Anybody feel like they're being stretched by God lately? That's a good thing. You see, part of stretching is separation from the crowd. Everybody cannot go where God's taking you. Because everybody does not want to go where God's taking you. Let me say that again. Part of stretching is a separation from the crowd. Right? Everybody can't go where God's taking you. Because everybody doesn't want to go. Where God's taking you. Why? Because I'm stretching for more. See, if you're not being stretched, you're either in the spiritual rut, you're stagnant, or you're stunted. And you need a dose of a spiritual miracle growth from the Word and from the Spirit. Amen. Now, in, let me read this from the Passion. Anybody learning something this morning? Yeah. Anybody being stretched this morning? Yeah. Everybody smile. <laughs> in Luke chapter 6, verse 6 through 11, I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. Luke chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. And I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. If you don't have one, just listen, okay? It says, On, a, on another Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. How many of you know Jesus? Uh, he, he taught, he preached, and he healed, right? That was the basis of his ministry. Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. In the room with him was a man with a deformed right hand or 
some of the translation says, with a withered hand. Everyone watched Jesus closely. Notice, especially the Jewish religious leaders. Religion. And the religious scholars. To see if Jesus would heal on a Sabbath. For they were eager to find a reason to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. Interesting that Jesus is healing people. You know, they're jealous because Jesus, Jesus is healing people and they're not, right? So they want to find something to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. And Jesus, knowing their every thought, said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand here in the middle of the room. See, Jesus was not intimidated by the religious people. He knew who he was, and he knew what his assignment was. Amen. Yeah. You read uh, Luke chapter 4, 18. That was Jesus' assignment. Right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and so on and so forth. So he knew his, his, his job description. So he, bring, uh, he, 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 he brings the man where everybody can see him. Come and stand here in the middle of the room. So he got up and came forward. And Jesus said to all who were there, let me ask you a question. Which is better, to heal him, to heal or to do harm on the Sabbath? I have come to save a life, but you have come to find a life to destroy. And one by one, Jesus looked into, every, into the eyes of each person in the room. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your arm and open your hand. Everybody say stretch. With everyone watching intently, he stretched out his arm. He obeyed the word of the Lord, right? I don't know how long his arm was like that. I don't know how he hurt his arm, right? I don't know how uh, he might have had a, 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 a sickness or a disease that caused his hand to be Maimed or deformed, he might have had an accident, a farmer. He might have, uh, you know, did something to his hand where his hand was deformed to where he wasn't able to use his hand, right? I don't know how long. It might have been years. So his, his hand might have been in a particular position for many, many years, unable to use it, right? Maybe he had muscle atrophy, but it had shrunken, right? So Jesus says, stretch out your hand. He had to obey the word of the Lord. So he had to stretch not only his arm, but he had to stretch his faith. Because it has been in that position for many, many years, right? Because he could have been comfortable in that position. So he had to trust the Lord. Stretch, up your, stretch out your arm and open your hand. With everyone watching intently, he stretched out his arm and his hand was completely healed. Amen. Somebody say, I need to stretch. Like I said, part of stretching is separation from the crowd. Amen. With all the religious eyes watching and everybody watching, he could have said, you know what, Jesus? I'm good. I want to stay this way. You know, that pressure, right? Maybe he was part of the synagogue. And some of these might have been been his leaders. And he might have said, you know what, Jesus? No, no. I I just accepted it already, you know. 
But he had to step out, be separated from the status quo, from the crowd, right? Because where God's taking you, everybody does not want to go where God's taking you. See, the Bible teaches to follow the cloud. Everybody say, follow the cloud. Don't follow the crowd. Right? The nation of Israel was was, uh, instructed by God to follow the cloud, right? By day. Not follow the crowd. The man's deformed, withered hand can be the things that religion has said to him you cannot do. You cannot be healed. You cannot stretch out your arm because you're maimed and you're hurt. All the negative things in your life that contradicts the word of God. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough faith. You're too young. You're too old. It's time to retire. It's time to stretch and to refire. When Jesus told him to stretch forth his hand, instantly his hand became whole. Everything he could not do could have couldn't have what religion said it broke off his life that moment in the midst of all the religious leaders what religion couldn't do God did in fact religion kept him in bondage Somebody's mind is being stretched this morning. Somebody's faith is being stretched today. Listen, when you're being stretched, it's not that God's trying to hurt or inflict pain or break you in any way. But when we're stretched, it's to challenge you. Right? He's challenging us. To step it up. Everybody say step it up. up. To enlarge your capacity for increase. In the process. Right? So you can grow beyond your limits. Your boundaries. Your imaginations. That we have set within our minds. You see God is never interested in your comfort of ease. And of just cruising along your Christian walk. God's interested in your growth, in your maturity, to be more like Christ. Amen? So growth does not happen by osmosis. Just because we desire it, just because we pray for it, just because we think it, Growth happens when you're stretched. Growth happens when you're faced and forced to overcome intimidating obstacles and challenges. When we were told to postpone our services, right? In 2020 or 2021, yeah. We were stretched. The body of Christ was stretched. Right? 
And growth happens when we're stretched. Growth happens when you're forced and faced to overcome intimidating obstacles and challenges. Growth happens when you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Growth happens when you decide to put on your spiritual big boy, big girl's undies. And you believe and trust God and trust his word. No matter what you feel or what you see. When you can't see God's hand working on your behalf, you trust his heart. You don't lean onto your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him. And he promised you he will direct your path. Somebody say, I'm stretching for more. What is that saying? If you keep on doing what you've always done, then you'll get what you've always gotten. It's time to stop the insanity, break the monotonous repetition of cycle. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty or handsome enough. I did not graduate, go to Bible school, have a degree, certificate. I have an accent. I can't talk good. I'm too shy. How many of you know excuses will make sure your life is still the same as it was yesterday? And the day after, and the day after. If you're tired, sleep early. If you're out of shape, go to walk and exercise. If you don't have, have time, quit watching TV. God instructed us this past Wednesday that we are praying and we're fasting and there's things that we can fast, right? If things seem too complicated, start small, but at least try. You don't have knowledge, read, pray, and practice the word. Listen, we all know what we need to do. We need to stretch. But for some, I'm not talking about anybody here. But for some, it's hard to step out of their comfort zones because it's so much easier to make an excuse. Moses tried to pull the same thing with God. God, I'm not good enough. I stutter. I'm not a good speaker like my brother Aaron. He's an eloquent speaker. Use him, Lord. And Moses tried to whistle his way out of God's call, purpose, and destiny for his life. And you know what? God wasn't having it. And nor will he have it with you. Somebody say amen or me. Guess what, church? Just like God told to Moses, guess what, Moses? Guess what, church, fam, uh, faith family Maui? It's time to stretch. It's time to stretch, to stretch for more. Yeah. How many of you know you'll never know who you are in Christ? What you've got, what you're made of, the gift and the ability, the God-given potential that's in you, that's been waiting and wanting to be unleashed in and through you for the good of the people and for the glory of God. Unless... You're stretched. Unless you're stretched. President Calvin Coolidge said, all growth depends on activity. So stay active. You remember we talked about keep on moving on for God. Keep on moving on for God. Stay active. Right? And we use uh, uh, Ezekiel 30, 37, the river. You see, if you're spiritually, if you're spiritually in ankle deep water, Right? then it's time to move on to knee-deep water. If you're in knee-deep 
water, it's time to move to waist-deep water. And if you're in waist-deep, then it's time to lodge out into the deep. What is the deep, Pastor Herman? It's when God is in control. God is in the driver's seat of your life. And where are you? You're not in the back seat. You're in the trunk. Because the one thing God does not like is backseat drivers. Nor do I. I love Joy, but she's in the backseat. Papa, where are you going? <laughs> Baba doesn't go that way. I says, I know where I'm going. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. <laughs> in Mark chapter 5, just listen. The woman who suffered 12 long years with the issue of blood, right? You can read it. And the truth is, she was slowly dying. Don't tell me you're bleeding and you, you're not dying slowly. 12 long years, right? She had an issue. That's a long time to have an issue. Amen. What issue you've been dealing with for a long time? So she sought out help from the medical experts, the doctors, paid them a fortune, right? Spent all that she had financially and to no avail. In fact, her issues got even worse, the Bible says, right? She got even worse. Now, let me say this. Doctors were not at fault. They probably did their best according to their limited medical abilities, right? But when doctors are limited, how many of you know God is unlimited? Right? Everybody say, but God. God. So she has this issue for 12 years. Right? And notice where she's at. And what she's going through at the moment of her life. She's alone. She's isolated. She has no family, no friends, no church folks. Why? Because the law distinctively singles her out. And declares that she is an outcast to society because of the issue that she had. You cannot associate with your family, your friends, society. You can't go to church because of this issue that you have. Right? So picture. You know, sometimes we read and we go, wow, okay. No, picture. She's isolated. She's all by herself, right? She's broke. She's busted, disgusted, she's isolated. She's all alone. She's worse off. She's frail. Let's say that. She's frail and she's weak. And she's all alone. I don't know what's going through her mind. Maybe she's coming to the place where, you know what, I give up. I've tried everything that I can in my resources. And I'm ready to chuck it out, man. I'm, I'm ready to throw the towel in. Right? I remember um, years ago, I was headed, uh, I was in the, uh, we were, we, uh, Pastor Carroll still is a chaplain, but we were chaplains and uh, been in the prison ministry for, for 20 plus years. And I remember walking to the chaplain's office 
And while I was walking to the office, there's another intake. We call it the intake where men and women come in, they place in the intake with holding cells. And then from there, they have to see a psychiatrist. And then from there, they're able to put them in whatever module or dorm that they, they go into. So as I'm walking to the chaplain's office, an ACO comes out and says, hey, chaplain, um, can, I, can I talk to you? I says, yeah. He says, I have a, a man in here just came in. He's asking for prayer. I mean, he's been there for a while, but he's asking for prayer. And I said, okay, I'll come. I'll come inside. So the intake is really tight squeeze. So you go inside, you have all these cells, this side and this side. And you have a, you've been in there, yeah? It's really narrow. And then you have the ACL sitting right there. So I, so I sit right here with my knee on the floor and I look into the cell. And I see this individual, this male individual in there. And man, he comes out with vulgarity towards me. And I'm thinking, didn't you want prayer? Right? But he's just coming out. I mean, just every word in the book. And my mind is going like 220 here. But I'm listening here at the same time. And what I see, the Lord shows me this picture of, um, see, we used to have a farm and, you know, we used to go hunting and animals and all this stuff. And I can remember seeing animals that were injured or they were hurt. And what they would do is they would take a, put their backs against a wall or something and sit there and protect themselves from whatever harm because they're hurt, they're injured. Like a pig, a wild pig, he'll put his butt right down and he'll face you and the dogs and he knows this is my last stand, come and get me. And man, he's just tearing away with his tusk. And that's what I saw of this individual. This guy is afraid, he's hurt, and he's scared. And all I hear is, tell him I love him. That's all. Just tell him I love him. Don't pray for him. Just tell him I love him. And I looked him straight in the eye and I says, brother, God loves you. And I looked at him. And the ACO is sitting right there by me, watching me. And all you see is he just melts. And all of this stuff going on, just... And now I see the man. And now we're able to have a, a, uh, an adult conversation. And I recognize him, and I know, I know what he did. That's why the Lord told me, do not read newspapers. Don't read newspapers. Because it's, it's going to affect the way you think about these individuals, of what they did. So I no longer read newspapers, but I knew already. 
So anyway, I was able to minister to him. He said, you know, chaplain, I've been in here for three weeks. And the psychiatrist hasn't come yet. And uh, I says, you know, this is out of my hands. But let me pray with you. I'll pray with you. So we prayed. And he opened his heart. He received Christ. And then um, I said, you know, when you do get, when the psychiatrists do come and see you, I just want to let you know we have a Bible study. We come in uh, Thursdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. You know, we hold meetings. Come to the meetings, you know. So I haven't seen him for, for months. I didn't see him for months. And then um, I remember being in, one, uh, being in module B, sitting inside of the module in the cafeteria having our services. And I'm sitting and I'm starting to teach the men, you know, from the, from the Bible. And I notice to my right, I see this individual. And he's smiling. But he looks different. There's this... Um, just this aura around him. And uh, I go, man, I know that guy. So after the service, I went and talked to him. I go, oh, you him. I said, man, you, you look so good. You look healthy. He says, yeah, I'm doing good, Chaplain. I'm doing really good. Yeah. In fact, he, he even put on weight. Because when he was in there, he was, he was skinny. That's why I didn't recognize him. He put on weight, right? Everybody say, I'm, I'm being stretched. Yeah. So this woman, she's isolated, right? She's all alone. She's broke. She's busted. She's disgusted. She's about to call it quits. But everybody say, but God. But God, yeah. But she hears that Jesus is in town. Not in any town. In her town. Yeah. How many of you know God can when man cannot? God can when man cannot. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. Amen. So she hears that Jesus is in town. And she has all these issues going on. Yet she has to make a quality decision to get out of her comfort zone and stretch her faith to go out and receive her healing from Jesus. Yeah. She could have decided, you know what? I'm done. I'm just staying home in my comfort zone. But she made a statement of faith that directed her steps. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And that started her in that process of her healing. That began to stretch her faith. Amen. Of how frail and weak she was. Right? She got out of her comfort zone. And the Bible says she went out to look for Jesus. 
She figured, well, I'll just find Jesus. I know he's in town. I'll find him so easily. But now there's another opposition in her way. There's a crowd. She could have said, oh, my goodness, oh, that's, that's enough. I'm done. But she said, you know what? I'm going to stretch myself. There's a crowd, but I'm going to push my way through the crowd. Because I know Jesus is there. I know my healing is there. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Amen. So she pushed her way through. She stretched herself in the frailty of where she was. To finally she saw Jesus and she says, there's my opportunity. Now you got to, I don't know. I mean, she's looking at it, the hem of his garment, right? The bottom of his garment. Jesus carried the talitha. His prayer shawl, right? And on the prayer shawl has all the covenant, the tassels that signify the covenant of God. And that's what she was looking at, that Jesus is a God of covenant. That covenant is part of my healing as a daughter of Abraham. So if she's looking at his garment, who knows? There's a crowd. I think I'll crawl. Just thinking. I got to get to him. I can't push my way through. I'll crawl my way through. Because all I got to do is just reach, right? Stretch myself and reach for his garment and I'll be healed. Can you see that? And praise God, she stretched and she reached. Just like her word says, if I can touch it, I'll be healed. The moment she touched it. Point of contact. That was her point of contact for her faith to be released. You see, the power of God is always available now. And we release that power through our words. And she released that power through her words. If I can only touch the hem of a garment, I'll touch it. And she received her healing. That moment. And she knew it. Because she had that issue for 12 years and that, 12, that issue for 12 years was gone that moment. Not only did she know she was healed, Jesus also knew that somebody pulled power from me. Somebody's active faith that was exercised pulled their healing from me. He felt it. And his spiritual disciple says, Lord, don't you see all these people are pressing on touching you? No, they're not touching me. Yeah, they're pressing against me, but there's somebody who touched me. Somebody touched me. And virtue left my body. Because somebody was willing to stretch. And Jesus, the power of God, will always accommodate somebody who's willing to stretch, to receive. Praise God, she stretched, she received her healing. Jesus said, who touched me? She said, I did. She said, daughter, your faith has made you well. 
Your faith. Your willingness to stretch yourself and come out of the house, out of your comfort zone, seek me out, push through the crowd, and touch me. Amen. Somebody say, we need to stretch. We get a cough, we get a cold, it's time to stretch. Amen. Boy, time's flying. In Mark chapter 5, verse 22, I'll just throw this out. We're talking about stretching. One of the rulers, a high-ranking official known by the people of the synagogue named Jairus. Everybody say Jairus. He too... This, this story goes before, uh, follows after, before and after the account with the woman of issue of blood. But I want to focus on this. And he sees Jesus and comes and falls at Jesus' feet and earnestly asks of him. Right? Now you've got to remember, he's a, he's a leader of a synagogue. Right? He's well known. He's, he has influence. Right? But he comes to Jesus not as a leader of the synagogue. He comes to Jesus as a father whose daughter is dying. So he's willing to do whatever it takes. So he bows, him, he, he, he bows before Jesus in reverence, in honoring Jesus, earnestly. He humbles himself and he tells Jesus, my daughter is lying at the point of dead. She's dying. And notice what he asked Jesus. I ask you to come. Notice this. Notice his faith statement. I ask you to come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus hasn't even laid hands on her. He's not, he didn't even consider of following him to go to his house. But yet he makes this statement of faith. And the Bible says, Jesus goes with him. Based on what he said. What if he said, Jesus, I need you to come to my house. My daughter died. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if Jesus would have gone with him. But Jesus listened to what he said. He said, Jesus, my daughter's dying. If you will come. Lay hands on her. She will live. Jesus said, Jesus thinks, praise the Lord. I'm going. I'm going. Based on his faith. This guy is stretching himself. Right? Now Jairus doesn't know that his, da his daughter has already died. He doesn't know what's going on at his home right now. But his daughter has already died. So Jesus and him are walking to their house. And they are intercepted by a messenger. Jairus, your daughter is dead. Do not bother the master. You don't need him no more. She's gone. She's mocking. She's gone. Pa. 
Notice what Jesus says. Do not fear. Jesus addresses the fear. I mean, that's the worst news a father or parent can hear. Your daughter has died. Jairus could have said, you know what? She's gone, Jesus. I don't need you no more. He could have said that. But remember what he said? If you will come and lay hands on my daughter, she will live. His daughter dies, and Jesus says, do not fear. Jairus is being stretched right now. He's being stretched. Wouldn't you be stretched? I mean, you guys all know the story. This church knows the story, right? Our daughter, our oldest daughter, when we got word that she was, uh, the doctors gave her a 25% chance of living. Right? Because of this infection, this, this uh, streptococcus that was destroying her kidneys. Right? Her kidneys shut down. They had to incubate her with a ventilator because she was just trying to survive. They couldn't control her. And I, having being, being the father, having to sign all of this release, to uh, allow them to do this and to do that and to that, all kinds of stuff. And um, <clears throat> my heart was strong, but my legs were weak. Yeah. It's not the kind of news you want to hear. But God, right? But God healed her. Ten days she was out of the hospital. Yeah. There was a lot of other things, prayer and all the different things, dynamics that was at work. Too long to share about them, you know about them. But the bottom line was she, she walked out of the hospital. Alive, well. Having no memory of what, what happened. When she woke up, all she heard was, you are a miracle. You are a miracle. You're a miracle. And she's saying, Dad, why did... She said, Mom, Dad, why, why, why are they saying I'm a miracle? We'll tell you later. Yeah. So Jesus, we had to address the fear. We had to address the fear. How? By soaking up the word. By being in fellowship with people of like faith. By staying connected to our pastors. Amen. Did fear come? Yeah, fear come. But we have to address the fear. We have to answer it. Anytime the enemy comes with something, you have to answer it. You don't answer thoughts with thoughts. You don't battle thoughts with thoughts. You answer thoughts with words. Words of faith. When the enemy says something, you have to address it with your words. The word of God. 
continually. Amen. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. We, we can speak life. Speak the word. When the enemy says he's going to do something, tell him what the word says. That's what Jesus did, right? In the wilderness. He didn't talk story with the devil. He says, it is written. It is written. It is written. The word speaking the word. The word, the spoken word speaking the written word to the devil. The devil can't put up with the word. So Jesus tells Jairus, do not fear, only believe, and your daughter will be healed. Jairus was being stretched. And praise God, right? We know the story. Jesus goes in. There are lamenters there. Lamenters were people who were hired to sing or to cry. People would literally hire people to cry and weep at their funerals. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And they laughed at him. And Jesus said, you know what? You guys out of here. Peter, John, you guys come with me. The parents come inside. Remove the doubt. All the doubt has to get out. And when we're believing for our daughter's fate, we have to remove all the doubt. We, we follow this. God showed us this. Follow this. Get all the doubt out. Anybody who's not like-minded with you, in the same level of faith with you, don't allow him to see your daughter. Even her boyfriend wasn't allowed to see her. Because we were working on something. Even other family members was not allowed. Amen. That's what the Lord told us to do. And praise the Lord, God raised her up, just like he raised this young girl up. Because this man was willing to be stretched. Amen. Church, it's time to be stretched. Stretched to a new level. Amen. Stretched for the new level and the new place that God has for you. Amen. Like I said, there's, there's, a, there's a grace-given gift within you, the potential of God that is within you that needs to be awakened. And unless you are being stretched, it's going to remain in that place as such. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What have, you, what have you been stretched this morning? In a good way? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are growing from glory to glory. We are being stretched from one level of glory to the other glory. From one level of faith, Lord, we're being stretched from one level of faith to another level of faith. We are being stretched from one level of grace to another level of grace, Father God. Yes, Lord. Stretching can be painful, but Lord, we know that stretching is a blessing, Father, because you, 
It's a, it's a time, Lord, that you are stretching us for growth and development. You're not interested in our comfort and our ease, but you're interested in us growing up so that we can experience the, the increase that you said that you have for us, Lord. That you are increasing us, these vessels, Lord, these, these vessels, these, uh, these vessels, Lord, that, Lord, we, we are... We are not the power of the, the source of your power, but we are the containers of the power so that we can be stretched and have more of you within us, that you increase, Lord, and we decrease in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today, Father. We thank you that each and every one of us have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and that we respond and we embrace, Father God, what you're speaking to us because we know that there's more. That you are a God of more than enough. You are a God of increase, Lord God. And Lord, we stretch ourselves so that we can receive the increase and the more that you have. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, the